Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Paying the Dirt, an NFL Draft podcast. This is Ryan Wands. DC here as well, ready to go for another another week, uh, recap week after we had a, a great draft last week, which was awesome. Yeah, this is the end of the line for TC and I here where we're going to recap the draft and then we're going to part ways after after today. We're going to go on vacation, so... Yeah, we're going we're going our separate ways for now. Um, <laughs> we got some time off um, for a while. Are you you got anything going on, Ryan? Or what do you got upcoming these next uh, few weeks? Uh, months, I guess. No, I just got a couple of trips planned over the summer, so I'm gonna enjoy my summer break. Um, nice. And then yeah, just start start scouting some of the the new guys that we'll be talking about next year, next January. So where are you, where are you headed? Um, I'm going to Cleveland, Ohio. Um, on a not very glamorous, but you know what? That's that's a trip nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, nice gritty town. Um, and then I'm going to the Wisconsin Dells over Fourth of July. So love the love the Wisconsin Dells. Where are you saying Kalahari? Kalahari, yeah. great. The, are you? Yeah. Oh wow, what a good guess! It's a great place. It's gonna be so nice. I love going there in the summer. Yeah, so that's what I've got planned. TC, I know TC's going to Hawaii next week. Leave tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, actually. Um, head out around, I think, 1 o'clock p.m. And then it'll be a brutal, brutal travel day with flights and trying to get all the way out there. But it'll be nice nonetheless. I'll be out there for a week and then uh, get back uh, like late next Sunday or something like that. So about a week trip, but um, perfect time with everything that we got going on here. <laughs> yeah, just as we're about to wrap up. Um so let's just get into it. Uh, so I was looking up some notes as I was preparing for today. And so this is the the first time since since 2013 that only one quarterback went in, went in the first round, which I compared this draft to the 2013 quarterback draft way back when, when we started in January. I called this the weakest quarterback draft I've seen since the 2013 draft. I'm pretty sure I said that. Um, so go check the tape. Um and it's also also the the first time since 1997 that the first quarterback off the board was taken at pick 20 or lower. So, um, Jeez. yeah, just a historically a bad bad QB QB draft. Um, it's kind of what I thought after after the draft concluded and just looking over some notes from from the draft. But yeah, not a good quarterback class. No, it wasn't. I mean, we, we talked about that coming into it. And I know you said that too, Ryan, the 2013 class with like EJ Manuel and Geno Smith and those kind of guys was um, not the best. And this one kind of followed suit. But it was interesting that nobody really traded up to kind of go get their guy. I was surprised that someone didn't come up, let alone like late first rounder or like second round or something like that. Like there was no quarterback stake in the second round, which is crazy. Um but yeah, I mean that's wild. One quarterback taking within the first two rounds, you almost never see that in this day and age of the NFL draft. Yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy to be honest. Um, but that one quarterback taken was, of course, Pittsburgh's Kenny Pickett, who we both had as rate, our top rated quarterback. So he went off the board, kind of where I thought he would. Um, I said I predicted he would go in like the fifteen. The 15s, like 15, 16, 17 range, and he went 20. So that's, you know, not too far off from what I had thought where he would go. 
and he winds up with his uh, hometown Pittsburgh Steelers. So, and I know we talked about it when he got drafted, but we both think that this is a, a good fit for for Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I mean, Steelers were patient. They got their guy. I mean, they they sat idly by. They saw all these guys trading up. Like I know the Saints traded up to like what is it like twelve or thirteen or something like that, and everyone thought that they were going to go get a quarterback, and they trade up and they got Chris Olave. <laughs> so, I mean, I would have been like quaking in my boots if I was the Steelers and I saw these teams trading up and trading up to supposedly think that they would go get their, their quarterback but in the end it was just like somebody else <laughs> yeah they're going the wide receiver route or um, offensive tackle or something like that but yeah um, yeah so um, I, I think it's a good fit for Kenny Pickett with the Steelers Um I think he's going to sit behind Mitch for probably the first couple of games of the season. And you then, love Mitch, though. How how can you not love Mitch? I mean, Mitch, who knows if Kenny Pickett's even going to get playing time this year, how good Mitch is probably going to play. That's your boy, your boy Mitch. Um, but I love him. I love him. He's going to be a good mentor for old Kenny. So I think he, he's going to fit well in that role of being a mentor for, for Kenny Pickett. Um, and I, I see Mitch starting the first half of the season probably. And then, uh, they're, they're going to be calling for Kenny to come in. So, uh, I can see Kenny, I could see Kenny Pickett coming in halfway through the season and eventually taking over the starting job and, um, taking his rightful place as the franchise, the new franchise quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, he's going to be. Obviously, the projected guy to, to he's going to be the guy projected to be the guy going forward, basically for them. Um, obviously, Mitch is on two year deals, so he's not a long term answer. And they always Tomlin always planned to go after a quarterback. It was interesting because everyone thought that Tomlin loved Malik Willis. They were all on his pro days. They were he was like rumored to be talking with him, but it all ended up to be a giant smokescreen. <laughs> and, and they said that all along that Kenny Pickett was their guy. So it was interesting how Malik was kind of pegged to be that that first round guy to go um, somewhere in that like at least top twenty where the Steelers were and Panthers were up there and the Saints and whatnot. But um, it all ended up just being a giant smokescreen. Yeah, it was a big fake out. We all got faked out. Um... But yeah, so that's where Kenny Pickett winded, winds up. He winds up in Pittsburgh. And then, yeah, like TC said, it's so rare that you don't see a quarterback taken in round two, and we didn't have a quarterback go in round two. So we had to wait until round three, pick like 76, I think, is when Desmond Ritter came off the board to the Falcons. And Yeah, no, I feel like nobody was projecting him to be like the second quarterback off the board. He was listed like in like the four... I think like consensus like four or five range between like him and Sam Howell, um, so that was wild too. I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, so Desmond Ritter winds up as the second quarterback taken in the draft, and he went to the Atlanta Falcons in the third round. Um, TC personally, I I don't see him as as a franchise quarterback there. To be honest, um, I kind of. I was looking at mock drafts for 2023, actually, and they all had the Falcons picking in, like, the top five, so I can easily see them just being horrible next year and have them go get a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud next year. 
Um, yeah, I don't it's going to be interesting. I mean, they signed Mariota, and then for I mean, Mariota's not your long term uh, guy going forward, obviously. But they signed him to your deal. Then they go out and take Ritter, and honestly, they could have had anybody that they wanted in that third round, other than um, other than Pickett, honestly, at the quarterback position. If they thought Malik was going to be the guy, they could have taken Malik. Obviously, they didn't believe in him. Um, they could have taken Matt Corral also up there as well. Um, that went a little bit afterwards. So there was a lot of options on the board for uh, supposedly guys that were like top two, three in their position at quarterback, and they and they just didn't snag any of them. So it kind of it shows you what they think. But I mean, if you give Ritter a chance this year, and then they do end up being terrible. I mean, do you go out there and you go take Bryce Young next year, or do you go take Stroud, or do you? I mean, like you said, they're probably going to be pretty bad this year, so they're going to have an opportunity to, but. Maybe they like Ritter for whatever reason. He kind of has kind of a dual threat mobility that Mariota brings as well. Yeah, I don't. I personally, I just see them. I see this as like a Josh Rosen in Arizona situation where they just were just terrible. Um, the one year that he was like half the season, he was the starter, and then they were they get the first pick and they take Kyler Murray the following year. I can see that just being another situation where the Falcons are just horrible. They have they. You know, they start Mariota for the first couple games and they switch to Ritter and it's just a mess and they wind up with like a top two pick next year and they go and they get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. So that's kind of what I envision for the Falcons, um, just based on um their current roster. Um I just think I just don't think they're gonna be very competitive at all next year and they're gonna have a be I think they're gonna be in a prime spot to take a, a generational talent that's gonna be in next year's class. So you know what? I won't be surprised if the Jags are up there again, like, to, like spot one or two. I feel like they're always up there in like the top three at least. And that'll be not to project out, but that'll be interesting to see as well to see what happens with Trevor Lawrence this year. Because next year, if they, these teams that are obviously just picked their supposed guy in the past few years, um, don't really do well, they're going to have a, a lot of options next year. Um, with the quarterback class coming out. I mean, you got Shroud from Ohio State, Bryce Young from Alabama. Um, a lot of people are projecting Will Lovis from Kentucky to go like top 10. I was looking at other, or top, top five, I believe, over these past oh. couple of weeks when they've been doing the mock drafts for next year. So there's, there's three potential, maybe even four, um, top 10 quarterbacks that are going to go in the draft next year. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I guess we just have to wait and see. Um, but that takes us to the third quarterback off the board, which was Malik Willis, TC's favorite. Um, and he winds up in Tennessee, and I think he has a he has an actual shot to challenge Ryan Tannehill for the starting job. I think that they're going to be calling for for Malik Willis, and other than, or unlike Ritter, I think that Malik has a chance to. Um, to challenge for that starting job if Tannehill really doesn't perform well, and I think he can run with it. Because um, I thought I thought he was just, he was gonna be the second quarterback off the board. I thought he was gonna come off in like the late first round, early second round is where I had him pegged. Um, but he winds up dropping to the like late third round, and it goes to the Tennessee Titans. TC, your thoughts. You know my thoughts. You don't have to. You don't have to ask me a question. You know. You know my thoughts on at this one <laughs> about Malik. I wasn't surprised he went that late. We've been talking about this for the past. I don't know since we started in January, right? 
all the hype was on him. Everyone thought that he's going to be the guy. Everyone's, oh, someone's going to trade up to get him. The, the Panthers are going to take him at six. Oh, he's definitely not getting past the first round. Well, guess what? He got past the first round, the second round, and almost the third round. He was like five picks away from going in the fourth round. So um, it's interesting because I mean, everybody that you talk to, basically all these geniuses who are NFL draft experts all had him as like a top talent. They all had him going um, in the first round at least. And then it's interesting because all the teams um, obviously didn't feel the same about him and, and everyone continued to pass on him with their second round and even a lot of third round picks. So um, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of him. I don't think he can be the guy. I don't, I think that unfortunately Tannehill's probably got a rough, rough edge of the stick right now just because he um, is obviously getting older and Bukic is the young guy that everyone's going to want to see play in that um, in that offense over there at, at Tennessee. So it's going to be interesting. I Unfortunately, I just don't see him being the guy. I don't see him taking over for Tannehill. I don't, if he does take over for him, I don't see him being successful is what I'll say. I mean, he'll, I think he'll eventually take over and get some starting reps and get some to start some games this year. Just, based on um, being like a, a top talent in the draft, supposedly. Um, so I think that's where he'll, he'll go from here, but I, I just don't see him actually putting up any meaningful numbers or having a successful NFL career. And, and my hate is not personal. My hate is based on what I see off um, the film and what he performs like against top-tier competition. And I know it comes off as strong, but I really dislike him, and I don't understand why everybody – uh, thinks that this guy is a, a top tier talent. <laughs> well, it seems like the teams, the NFL teams, agree with you, TC, because he, he fell all the way, like you said, almost to the fourth round. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have taken him in the. I mean, third round, I mean, that's probably good value with what everybody else was talking about. Um, but I think I said beforehand, like I wouldn't have taken him until day three, um, at least, like fourth, fifth round or something like that and take a flyer on him. So he was almost getting to the fourth round. He almost got to, to day three. He was like a couple picks away from, from getting there, which is wild when you um, think about what everybody had said going into the draft. But we, we've been on this for a while, right? We've been talking about this for a while. Though I feel like nobody else has been talking about his shortcomings. Everyone's just been hyping him up. Um, and now everything has kind of come out post-draft. Yeah, that is true. Um so we'll see what happens with Malik Willis in Tennessee. I think that he, personally, I think that he has a he has a chance at challenging Tannehill for the starting job, and I think he can get a few solid reps under his belt and potentially be the guy, be their guy next year. That's just what I think, based off what I've seen. I know TC thinks differently, which is fine. Um, but yeah, those are kind of my thoughts on Malik Willis. Um, and we're going to transition over to Matt Corral was he? The, I think he was the third guy or the fourth guy off the board, right? To the Panthers. My guy, I like him a lot. I think that's a good landing spot for him. And he's got Matt Rule over there with the Panthers. Um, college coach kind of runs. Obviously, probably wants to run more of a college style scheme in the NFL. Um, can't really do that when your quarterback is Sam Darnold. So he went out and got Matt Corral. Um, and I think, I mean. Similar to how you think about Malik Willis, right? I mean, I think that um, Corral is easily going to get some um, starts this year. I think that once 
they they don't really the Panthers don't really have anybody else outside of Sam Darnold um, at quarterback. They didn't really they didn't go after anybody. They didn't go after Baker. They didn't go after all these guys out there. And they kind of just sat patiently and waited for the draft. So I think that um, Darnold's going to struggle like Darnold does and, and throw a ton of picks in the early season, and then everyone will be clamoring for Corral and he'll get in there. Um, and I'll probably take he'll take some hits and he'll take some take some shots and throw some picks as he's learning in the NFL scheme. But um, I think that he um, is going to have some success there. And that is um, just my personal thoughts. I really do. I really do like the kid. And I also think that Sam Darnold is awful. Yeah. I wouldn't blame you for having that thought. Sam Darnold is pretty horrible. Um, he sees ghosts out there, Ryan. That's why he's, he sees ghosts. That's, 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 seeing, that's his issue. Seeing ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that um, Corral. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's a long term solution there. I think he's uh, just a guy, kind of similar to Desmond Ritter, just a guy that they took a flyer on in the third round, just uh, as a guy that can come in and uh, you know provide a you know change of pace and you know breath of fresh air and breathe fresh air into the into the offense. Um, but after that, I mean, I think I, I, I wasn't really high on Corral. I know you were high on him, but I wasn't very, wasn't really a fan of his. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't see him as a long-term solution there in Carolina. I think he'll, he'll probably get some starts just considering how bad Darnold's going to be, but I don't, I don't think he's, he's a long-term answer there. So. I like him there, and I don't know about the long term, but I like him there in the next couple of years. Um, it's going to be dependent on what happens with the team. Obviously, Matt Rule is, hasn't really gotten it together over the past few years there, so it'll be interesting with his him kind of throwing all of his uh, his eggs into the Macarell basket because um, Sam Darnold obviously is not the guy. Yeah. Okay. And then getting to a guy we didn't talk about, Bailey Zappi. Oh, we should. I told you, Ryan, we should have talked about him. Every time, oh, should we talk about Bailey Zappi? No, we don't want to talk about him. He's not going to get drafted. Well, he ends up getting drafted before guys we did talk about, like Sam Howell and Carson Strong, who I admittedly liked. But it was it was uh, it was a while when his name came off the board, and in the fourth round, no doubt, um, not even a, a late round pick. He was a fourth rounder, which is surprising. I think it surprised both of us. I was expecting him to be like a fifth or sixth round guy. Um, and here come the Patriots, and they go with Bailey Zappi as a potential Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0 is what you brought up to me. Yeah, I think he's pretty um, he's pretty shifty. I mean, he's got – we talked about him a little bit, I think, maybe a couple words, but I mean, he threw more touchdowns in the season. He threw – he's thrown – sorry, let me rephrase how I'm talking about this here. He's thrown the most touchdowns um, in a college football single season. Um, he beat Joe Burrow's record back um, when he did in 2019, I believe. Um, and then he threw, uh, I think, two more than Burrow did. through like 60-something touchdowns this year, which is ridiculous. So he broke all those records playing at Western Kentucky. Um, maybe that should just give it to the Patriots, right? I mean, these Belichick and these guys just draft some of the – have some of the most surprising picks in the drafts. Like in the first round, they took that guy, Cole Strange, out of Chattanooga that no one ever heard of. So they have, they have some odd picks. So if there was going to be a team that would draft Bailey Zappi early, I think um, we all probably would have thought that it would have been someone like the Patriots. 
Yeah, so uh, obviously he's going to be slotted in as Mac Jones' backup for the foreseeable future. Um, but I guess there might be some value in him as a as a potential Jimmy G two point I wouldn't if he fits the system. I wouldn't put a pat. I wouldn't put that out of question, out of reality. So. Yeah, he could. I mean, there, or potentially even just trade him later down the line is if he does come through and um, get some value out of him, trade him for like a second, third rounder, and then you get um, better value than what you drafted him for in the fourth round. So that's probably that's what Belichick does. That's what he's probably thinking about at this point. Um, kind of the same Trinchy mold. Yeah, so we'll have to see what what happens with with Bailey Zappi, but he went to the Patriots in the fourth round, and then um, getting getting back to guys we did talk about, Sam Howell was a fifth rounder, right? Uh, to the Washington Commanders to be Carson Wentz's backup, um, and Taylor Heineke, <laughs> and Heineke, yep, yeah. Um. So yeah, Howell is. Uh, I I was expecting Zappy to go after Howell, but um, I just think Howell is going to be a career backup. I don't see him challenging Wentz for a starting job over there. Yeah, not that Wentz is that great in and of himself, but yeah, I mean, I don't think Howell is going to be anything in the NFL. It's wild. I mean, you looked at it a few years ago, his freshman sophomore year over there at UNC, he was projected to be like a top 10 pick he put up all these gaudy numbers and then he just regressed season after season after season um after that kind of first starting year that he had and he dropped all the way to the fifth round now after being projected basically top 10 pick just like a couple years ago so kind of crazy what a couple years do um and changing your draft stock yeah so he's a guy whose stock consistently fell in the past couple years was yeah once a projected top pick but now is no more than just a backup uh unfortunately but uh you know he's he's gonna be a millionaire so it's not really that sad um <laughs> yeah yeah we're, we're just making fun of these guys and they're signing their signing bonuses for like five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> yeah um and that takes us to our last guy that we talked about carson strong who tc really liked Ended up going undrafted and signed a UDFA deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I mean the the reason why he was undrafted and everyone was talking about him is is um, they looked up. Everyone started to do their digging. Obviously, the NFL draft is they got further along, um, and his uh, they went into like a lot of his medical history, um, and it turns out that he still has like a nagging knee injury he wore like a knee brace all all of his years at nevada um i think he tore his acl i think his senior season in high school um and then i guess it was just a really bad tear and they actually had to go and do like arthroscopic knee surgery and they actually took a portion of like his cartilage from like his left knee and put it into his right knee oh, wow. so like it's still like not super stable um and i think as everyone was going through the uh the draft like medical stuff that was like the main thing and everyone didn't know if he was going to be 100 percent healthy um they questioned if he was even going to get back to like 90 percent mobility because he was still kind of favoring that um that knee in dropbacks and whatnot when you watch like some of the film um i didn't see it personally but i, I wasn't aware of his previous medical history so it's interesting that it sucks for him he, he um he could have been a really good player 
if not for some of this medical stuff. And I mean, you see that we saw that a lot this year, but you saw the Kobe Dean fall because of like some of his um, medical history it was like projected like first round pick and he went like third, he going third round, something like third that. Round, yeah. um, fell all the way to there. He was supposed to be like a top 20 pick. He had some shoulder issues. He dropped. So like, um, it's not uh, news for NFL teams to stay away from some of these risky players with um, medical history, but it's unfortunate for, for Carson. Um, I hope he has a good, uh, a good showing and ends up making that Eagles roster. Cause I think he could be a, a good, a good backup um, over there to Jalen hurts. So I hope he does, but um, it's tough with the medical side of things because I think he could have been a really good player. Yeah, that does suck. Um, I, I wasn't aware that they had to take cartilage out of his left knee and put into his right knee. That sounds terrible. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I was not aware of those medical red flags. Um, that is the most uh, common reason, or most popular reason why he probably went undrafted. Um, but yeah, well, uh, yeah. Hopefully, he makes that roster too. And I think I do think that he can be a good backup to Jalen Jalen Hurts as well. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there. Um, another storyline that we wanted to talk about was the fact that there were six wide receivers taken in the first round. I mean, that's just outstanding, incredible. We said that going into it, right? I mean, we were talking about those position groups going into it, Ryan. Like, what's the strongest position group? Like, it's definitely the wide receivers or offensive linemen as well. But, like, wide receivers are the ones that really – um, jumped off the page. I mean, I know you like Drake London. He ended up going uh, top 10 first wide receiver off the board. Um, and then they all just kind of followed suit. I know the Saints traded up, the Lions traded up, and everyone kept going up and up and up to go get their to go get their wide receiver of the future. Yeah, so it was Drake London at, I think, eight, uh, seven or eight. And then it was yep, uh, Garrett Wilson at 10, Olave at 11, Jamison Williams at 12, um, and then was it Jahan Dotson to the Commanders, yeah. and then uh, Traylon Burks to the Titans. So they all, like you said, they all kind of fouled suit. But um, especially with the Titans, because they traded traded away AJ Brown on draft night, so they kind of got a, they got his replacement in Traylon Burks. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens with these with these wide receivers. Yeah, they all started coming off the board, like, one right after the other. I think they um, – I have to look at it again, but I think six of um, eight picks in a row were all wide receivers, um, which is crazy when you think about all the teams that were in wide receiver needs. I know the, the Titans needed someone to replace A.J. Brown after they traded him on draft night. Um, and the rest of these guys, I mean, Jahan Dotson, I thought he was he was projected to go, like, second round up until, like, a couple of weeks ago. I know he was on the Bears – draft board and they had some mocks where the bears were taking him as with their early second round pick and um he just continued to slide up and up and up the boards as um more teams needed some wide receivers yeah um who's your who's your favorite out of that right and I, well i guess outside of your boy drake london like what's your best what do you like out of that like fit wise like like wilson and the jets olave to the saints like what's Sure. Yeah, I was going to work out well. I, I was going to talk about it as my uh, team with the best draft, but I think Garrett Wilson. I think he really he slots in really well with the Jets. Um, gives Zach Wilson a nice security blanket um, and gives him a weapon to uh, to utilize in uh, you know in that offense. So yeah, they didn't really have anybody 
for Zach Wilson to throw the ball to last year, right? It may feel like he was um, kind of hampered, and now he could just go up and chuck it downfield and just tell Garrett Wilson to go run underneath it because he has the speed to get down there. And like some of the other guys that the Jets are working with at wide receiver, like Jameson Crowder and all these other no-name guys that nobody really wants. Corey Davis. Yeah, basically. Um, Yeah, those were the wide receivers. Um, And then I still think that Trayvon Walker going number one was a a bit of a head-scratcher. I think it should have been, honestly, probably Kayvon Thibodeau should have been the number one pick. But I know we... we, Yeah, I think we're we're on the same page there. I mean, I I wasn't sold on him either. I think if they wanted, I think they should have traded out, but I mean, that's easier said than done. Maybe nobody really wanted to give up what it took to get up to there to like the first spot, um, in terms of like trades for like picks and whatnot. So, I mean, I would have traded out if I was them. Um, I mean, Trayvon, I mean, you just didn't have enough production for me to make this warrant a first overall selection. I mean, he had, he had, um, five sacks this year. Other than that, I mean, he had like four or five tackles for a ball. Like, I mean, his, his uh, combine numbers are gaudy, yeah, but there's absolutely nothing um, that uh, that uh, what am I trying to say? There's absolutely nothing that um, I saw on his film that warranted him being like number one overall pick. It was just like, oh wow, he ran a four, he ran a four four. He's so quick. He um, had a high vertical jump. Like he's like a freak athlete, sure, but like <sighs> number one overall pick. I don't know. Yeah, I think that. I just I I see just massive bust potential with him and yeah like you said and just his tape really didn't match up with what a number one overall pick should be and uh, you know ultimately the Jaguars went in that direction um, yeah I get he's fast yeah he has a he can jump real high but sometimes that doesn't always correlate to the football field um, so yeah that's just, I I thought I we, we were kind of both in agreement that it should, probably should have been Kayvon Thibodeau at one, um, or at least Aiden Hutchinson at the, you know, at the very least, but they went with Trayvon Walker, so. Yeah, I don't get it either. Um, I, I like Thibodeau too, Ryan. I think he was, um, should have been the number one overall pick. I think he's, he's going to have the best um, rookie season. Yeah, that, we're getting close to the end here, but uh, before we go, TC wanted to know what team do you think had the best draft? kind of like a, a popular pick but um i really I don't, I don't see how you could not love absolutely love what the giants did um two top picks in the draft go out there like the guy we were just talking about ryan go out there and take thibodeau um obviously different ma- difference making a defensive end rusher that can get after the quarterback um, I think he's the best D end in this class. I think he's better than Hutchinson. I think he's better than Trayvon Walker um, and the other guys that were up there. So I like him a lot. And then you go after that, go after that, and then go pick Evan Neal from Alabama offensive line. And um, like we were talking about before, I think in the pre-draft, the Giants need so much help in their offensive line because the amount of times that I've seen uh, damn Daniel Jones drop back and get sacked and fumble um, and just see all the memes with like a stupid look on his face. Um, yeah. I'm tired of seeing those because he, I think I saw a stat the other day, he has the most fumbles in the NFL with like the past three years, um, which is ridiculous. So they got to sure up that offensive line. 
you get a tackle like Neil, five-star guy out of high school, went to Alabama, just prototypical, massive dude. Um, like he could be their starting uh, tackle for the next 12 years or whatever. Um, so I think it's a great pick. So like what they did there um, in the first round, both of those guys, in my opinion, um, are can't-miss guys. I like both of them a lot. And then afterwards, they go on um, in the in the later rounds to go take some help for Daniel Jones. They go get Wandale Robinson, or sorry, yeah, Wandale Robinson in the uh, second round, wide receiver from Kentucky, kind of like a shifty slot guy, um, short um, but super quick. He transferred from Nebraska for all you Big Ten fans watching there. He transferred from um, Kentucky, so I like him a lot. Um, he's quick, he's shifty. Kind of pair him with Kadarius Tony over there. I think they could be pretty nasty. Um, and then they go out there and they get our, our boy Hoosier from uh, Indiana, Micah McFadden, that linebacker in the fourth round or the fifth round. Um, biased here, obviously, but I love Micah. I love what he does. Um, quick linebacker, can rush the passer as well. So that's a personal bias pick, but I like him a lot. So I love what they did um, with their first round more than anything, but then they back that up um, with picks later in the draft. Um like wider, another wide receiver that they can throw the ball to. And then um, they even got a tight end out of San Diego State to kind of replace that production that Evan Ingram had for them um, for the past few years. So like them a lot. Yeah, you kind of read my mind. I was gonna get. I was gonna talk about the two New York teams. I like. I agree with you. I think the Giants had a really great draft, especially in the first round with Thibodeau and Neal, um, and then picking up Michael McFadden later on. Um, but yeah, the other team I wanted to talk about as having the best draft was the New York Jets. I think that they went out, got a lockdown, shut down cornerback, and Sauce Gardner at fourth overall. Um, then they go get Garrett Wilson at 10 to be that security blanket for Zach Wilson, be that deep play threat for Zach Wilson. And then I think one of the steals of the first round was Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State, the defensive end. Uh, he went in like the 20s, I think. Um, but I think he was a total steal for them. Um, and then they got my boy Brees Hall in the second round as well. So I like him to be the running back of the future. Um, but, yeah, I really like what the Jets did, both the Jets and the Giants. So Yeah, I like that a lot too. Do you know um, Jermaine Johnson? Um, Ryan, do you know that he – actually, that's a good question. Um, where 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 did he go to college? Um before he went to uh, Florida State, uh, two parter. I've got no idea. Georgia. No, oh, he was okay. a, a bigger crew. Went to Georgia. Couldn't get on the field. Um, where did he go to school? College before he went to Georgia. Kentucky. Independence Community College in Kansas who was featured on Last Chance U oh, wow. um, on Netflix a few years ago. So if you anybody out there watched um, Last Chance U a few years ago when they were um, watching uh, a coach over there at uh, Independence Community College, uh, Jason Brown, the big bald guy from, from Compton, um, coaching over there, he coached Jermaine Johnson um, at Indy in Community College, and then he went on to, to Georgia, um, and then he went on to um, – 
Florida State and end up being a first-round pick. So if you want to see some more stuff out of him, recommend watching that on Netflix. Um, there's some good stuff in there from him. He was number, I think he was number 11 there, if I remember correctly. Um, and it's kind of cool seeing those guys' um, personalities, and especially for a first-round pick. So highly recommend watching that. But it's pretty cool that you go from community college to Georgia to Florida State to first-round pick. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap up our show for today. I just want to thank all our listeners for sticking with us this entire draft season throughout the entire draft process. I know TC and I really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, it's hard to believe that we've hit the end of the line for 2022 and we will be signing off for the rest of the year. Yeah, it was a good year. A good draft. We talked a lot about it. Um, definitely. Um, a good class. I think quarterbacks weren't as good as other classes, but uh, a good class nonetheless. It was fun to walk through everything and talk through um, the quarterbacks and other position groups. Um, it was a fun weekend to watch a draft, at least. Yep. Um, but yeah, just please like, subscribe, retweet, uh, follow, rate us on Apple Podcasts, and um, yeah, that's going to end it here. Cha-ching!